Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Please be seated. Well, I would like to say how happy I am to be back, how happy I am to see all of you who I haven't seen uh, for three months, and I would also like to tell you how grateful I am that you allowed me that time of sabbatical, um, which was so refreshing uh, for me and my family, and um, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. I hope, um, I wish that everybody could experience something like that. And, um, and also, but you might you might ask, um, and, and it's a good question. What what do you what do you think about on a sabbatical? When when, when you're away, um, where does your mind go? You know, ideally, you don't want to think you, you don't think about work at all. But 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 that's just not realistic. That's just that's not how that works. You think about things, but you can, what you can do is you can back up, and you can sort of take the whole in. And you can sort of think about things on a macro 30,000 feet level. And so what, what, did I, what did I think about? Well, I thought about us. I thought about St. Thomas. I thought about our locus. I thought about our center, our telos, to be Greeky. I thought, of, I thought about that. And, um, and I thought about what, what expresses that? What expresses our ethos, our locus? Well, it's the gospel. It's the grace of God in Christ. And where is it better expressed than in the creeds and confessions and catechism of the church as they express the mind of Scripture? Where is it expressed better? I'd like to know. But it's just not expressed better. You know, it's, it's, it's always been a major part of the church. And of course, you know, when I bring up creeds and confessions and catechisms and stuff, and um, people will say, well, David, why don't you sort of shake the dust out of your shirt or something, <laughs> you know, creak a little bit. Um, but, it's, but, it's, but it's sort of, and that's, 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 you know, when I bring it up in my family, when I talk about the catechism in my family, I talk about the catechism in my family, and I, and I say, I get varied reactions, as you might, as you, as you talk about things that are important. Um, you know, I, 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 bring, I bring the family in, I bring the kids in. What is our only hope in life and death? That's the first question of the New City Catechism or the Heidelberg Catechism. And that we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And what kind of reactions do you think I get when I start talking about that? I want you all to memorize this. What kind of reactions? Well, sometimes I get genuine interest from the kids. I'm talking about my kids. Genuine interest, sort of. A desire to please dad. You know, I'm going to do this because I want to please dad. That, 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 that warms my heart. I love that my kids want to do that. Um, I get a little bit eye rolling. Oh, dad and his catechism. <laughs> and I get a little bit of this. And, I, and I, I know you get this too. If I can just buckle down and make it through the next 20 minutes, I can play Fortnite and, and Minecraft afterward. So if, if I can just make it through, 
dad's enthusiasms. I can, I can, I can do this. So, uh, so I get that, and I get it. Nothing as exciting as Fortnite and Minecraft. But I want you to bear with me. I want you to bear with me because it's important that you understand why it's important to me. What were the functions of the creeds and confessions and the catechisms? The functions were not to bore you. And I'm not going to sit here and talk about creeds and catechisms all the time. I'm, 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 going, to, I'm going to move into something. I'm trying to build on something here. Um, they weren't to bore you. They weren't to, to be dusty and anachronistic. They were to develop your mind and spirit. They were to form your mind and spirit to the reality that was revealed in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're there to heal your soul. That's why they're there. The early catechism um, trained from a Roman outlook. What was the Roman outlook? The Roman outlook, the way people's identities were fixed, they were defined by your station of life. Your identity would have been defined by your station of life. And there was no way you could change it. From slave to aristocracy, whatever it is, that was what your identity was. And that's the way it stayed. Christianity taught that our identity was that of being an adopted and beloved child of God. How different is that? That you are infinitely valuable in the eyes of a loving father. How different is that? It is starkly different, and it re required extensive education. To, for people to understand that, to come to that understanding and to, and to have their souls healed in that way. In two years, it, it took, you know, they, were in, they were in catechism for two years before they were allowed to be baptized in the early church. Long time. But if you, you think about that, you think, okay, Browder's talking about creeds, he's talking about um, Roman sources of identity, I'm here. This is Houston, Texas in 2021. We got all kinds of problems going on. What does this have to do with anything? Well, it doesn't take much imagination as you think about the ways that people identify themselves to see how relevant this is. And, and many of you who are regulars are saying, here goes Browder on identity again. Browder, can't, can't you preach another sermon? <laughs> No, <laughs> I mean, it's been, it's been laid on my heart, this, this, this subject of identity, because it is so crucial. It lives with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Identity does. It lives with you. It haunts you. You know, they're tied up in a name college. You know, when I was in seminary, you, 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 you got treated. So I went to the University of Alabama, you know, nothing special. Not, nothing bad, but nothing special, and um, and and you know you, you you got treated a little bit. There, you know, we had some Ivy guys in there, and we had some sort of WNL type folks in there, and that's great. I love that stuff, and I love those guys. But but you know, sometimes sometimes you get a little bit uh, um, the, the things are, are treated a little bit differently, and, and and it was so in seminary. I mean, and it's so now in your work wherever it is. Um, in, in your, wherever you're living, your career path, your career path, does your career path define you? 
course it does. Um, your, your social leverage, you know, where, wherever you are in, 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 in the social pecking order, and there always is one, um, is this, is this an, an identity thing for you? And the, there's nothing wrong in these, with these things in themselves. Nothing wrong at all in these selves. It's when they become ultimate. It's, this, it's when they define you as ultimate things. That's when you crash and burn. And they are for many of us. So we're not so different from the Romans after all. And another thing, as I have repeated ad nauseum, are the cultural tribes that we join. They are, ident they are identity markers. And they all have to do with power and leverage, just like our personal identity markers do. You know, and, and many use religious language to spiritualize these cultural tribes that we are in. You know, we have a lot of important topics of our day. But you can't talk about any of them because they're so loaded with, with, these, with these tribal and political feelings. It, it's so difficult to, to, to get to the objective root of an issue, to discuss it objectively and rationally, because it is so loaded with all of these things. So personally, culturally, our currency is leverage, and we are tragically lost. When I was 16 years old, I was in Montana skiing with um, my family, and I was skiing with my stepbrother, I think it was the second day we were there, and for some reason, this was about 1988, 1989, somewhere around there, for some reason it was in Big Sky, Montana, and, and they didn't mark the boundaries of the ski area for whatever reason, they forgot about it or whatever it was. And so my stepbrother and I, 14 and 16 years old, we go off tree skiing, if you know what that is. You try to get in the powder and you get in the trees and there's powder in the trees and it's adventure and all that kind of stuff. And so we went and we did this and we got lost. We got lost out in the Rockies. Um, you know, we, 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 we went over this cliff kind of. And, and, and you know, we looked back and we had the opportunity to retrace our steps and go back. We had that opportunity. But we saw a trail that was leading down. And I, as the oldest, mistook it for a trail that led to the base of the ski area. When in fact, it was a logging trail that led deeper into the wilderness. So we follow the trail going deeper into the wilderness. We spend the night out on the mountain in the snow and we're rescued the next day. The next night, a major cold front came through, went below zero. If it had been one night later, we probably might have died. But my point is this, I could have turned around. We could have turned around to life, to hot chocolate, to a fire and food, but we thought we knew better. So we went deeper into the woods. You see, we think we know, but we don't know. Paul in Philippians 2, verses 14 through 16, he says this. Do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation 
among whom you shine as lights in the world. The church, us, we, those who trust Christ, those who have had our minds and spirits enlivened by the working of the Holy Spirit, reflect the light of the world. We reflect, that's what Paul is saying, we reflect the light of the world. And that light contrasts so profoundly with the world we live in, with the identities that we reach out to try and grasp, with the righteousness that we seek. And when the church reflects that light, people see health and healing and reconciliation and fellowship. Why? has entirely everything to do with who Jesus is and what he came to do. Before our reading, Paul writes in the same chapter, verses 5 through 8, he says this, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is the point of the sermon. This is the point of everything that I was thinking about this summer, the crux, the center, the telos, everything I was thinking on. This, the way he is to us, who he is. Paul is not exhorting you here to be good. We sort of need to get that out of our minds. You know, we, we have this idea of the cultural, you know, if you're good, God's going to like you. If you're bad, God's not going to like you. We've got to get that out of our minds. That is not the witness of the scripture. The witness of the scripture and what Paul is exhorting us to do. He is commending, not goodness, he's commending a new birth, a rebirth, a new locus, a new identity, the death of the old and the rising to life of the new. That is what he is showing us. We imbibe continually in this promise that we believe exists of freedom through power, freedom through leverage. And we follow this lost logging road into anger and misery and anxiety. When all along in the scriptures we find Christ giving himself freely to us. We find the creeds and the confessions and the catechism expressing the mind of scripture so we can further understand in Christ we find true freedom. Because when we find him, we receive the freedom to forget ourselves. The freedom to forget ourselves. The freedom to love God, 
the freedom to love our neighbors, there we find in the gift joy and hope, love, redemption, reconciliation, and forgiveness, even in the midst of troubling things. This is not some ethereal concept. It is not some philosophy. It is a gift. It is a gift, a personal gift that God has done for you. Luke 12, 32, Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock. How apt is that today? How needed is that today? It is that very fear that we have that causes us to seek our identities in these lost roads that lead to the wilderness. It is that fear that causes us to go the way of personal and cultural power. It is that fear that drives us into the arms of bad shepherds. What does Jesus say? You don't have to fear. You don't have to fear. Because God the Son emptied himself of all his prerogative. He humbled himself to be born of a virgin and die on a cross. It's not an idea, it is a gift given to you freely. And not only that, but for St. Thomas, for this church, for you, for me, for everyone up here, that is the way forward. It's the way forward. Is there a way forward? Yes, it is here. It's called the gospel, the good news for you. You are an adopted child of God, bought with the blood of Christ. You belong to a father who empties himself in love towards you. Paul calls to us in this epistle. He calls to us. Those of us who are on this lost trail of identity, the lost trail of power taking us deeper into the woods where danger, fear, anger, and heartbreak lurk, none of that is necessary. Life has been here all along. Here in the Christ of the scriptures. This is our locus. This is who we are. This is our ultimate, the ground of our being, the reason we are here. Stop, turn around, take the trail back that leads to life and live. And it is here we will reflect the light of the world. It is here we together can find and be a place of healing and redemption.